0: Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being here today and listening in and for all your support as well online. And we are talking today about rules for truly living. And I think it's kind of appropriate as, you know, we are going on another week that I am focusing on this circumstance that we are all living in and how to do that really well. And so how can we truly live? And are we truly living in spite of what's going on in our culture? And what we are having to contend with, and some of the restrictions that we are really needing to adhere to, and the ones that we're not sure that we're supposed to adhere to. And so it is a little bit confusing, and it's a little daunting, and it's getting a little exhausting. So, th- some of this is from the book that I wrote called God Wants You Truly Living, Not Walking Dead. And you can get the entire book on Amazon.com. It's also Audible, so if you like to listen to Audible books, I recorded it myself, so you'll be hearing my voice read the book. So let's really talk about this whole thing about truly living and what is truly living. And so what I have come up with is a combination of things that I've read through the years and things I've learned on my own and things that I've figured out and taught people And they're just good rules for truly living. Now, when I say the word rule, there isn't like, this isn't a moral issue necessarily. But it is, it's kind of like the rules for driving, right? It's it's the rules for how you take a medication. It's the rules for how you operate your phone or your TV. So the rules are really about making sure that the outcome is what you're really hoping for. And you can manage these rules. You can massage them any way that you think fits your life. You can throw it away and say, that one's not for me, whatever. But I want you to think about this one thing, that life choices can really be summed up in three questions. What is the goal? What do I have to do with it? And am I willing to do it? In other words, am I willing to be uncomfortable to make that choice happen? And so when you think about a hope, a dream, a desire, I want you to say to yourself, well, what what am I actually trying to do here? What what am I really willing to do to get this? And am I willing to do what it takes to get it? And so sometimes we can have a really good idea and we go, you know, you know, it's too much work. And I don't want you to feel guilty about that. What I do want you to know is that if you really do have something that is of value that you want to choose to make happen, you really need to be willing to be uncomfortable. And you have to be able to cut some of your losses. And you can't do the all or nothing. So I want you to also, when you are working on really truly living, I want you to strive to be uncomfortable. Now, (laughs) I mean, I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but almost all goals in life come with discomfort. So if you're uncomfortable, then you're growing and you're probably reaching your goals. This is why when we achieve things, we are actually proud of it. We can't really be proud of something that was just given to us. It's like when I say to clients, you know, you can't really be proud of your eye color, right? What did you do to get it? Nothing. You're just born that way. So we really can't be prideful about a talent because God's the one that gave it to us. Now, we can really have some some pride in the fact that we worked the talent and we took seriously the talent that God gave us and we did everything we could to honor him with it. So you want to kind of strive to be uncomfortable. If you need to be comfortable all the time, you're not going to have a very effective life. You're not going to have a very deep life. And you're going to have a life that causes you to be weaker and weaker and weaker, which means that any hardship becomes really painful. So you have absolutely no tolerance. So we work on allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable and to recognize that any growth is uncomfortable. So let's think about this as well. I want you, as a rule of your life, to pray pray a prayer of thankfulness. Pray a prayer of guidance, of protection, of forgiveness every day. And ask to to have the help to forgive others as you are forgiven by God. And sometimes we want to just think that God, well, he forgave me. Well, I know when I'm in a relationship with somebody, if I need to forgive them for something, it always increases my intimacy if they thank me for it. If they say, you know, Cynthia, you didn't have to forgive that. You didn't have to, and you did, and I really, really appreciate it. Now, I may have done it anyways, maybe because it's the right thing to do, but it increases the intimacy and the value of the relationship when we thank the person that forgave us. And so when we thank God for what he's done for us and not be talking to him all the time about what he's not doing for us, it's a blessing to him. Imagine that. Imagine that thought <clears throat> that you can bless God, the God of the universe. You can actually give him a good feeling. It's, it's phenomenal. Now, maybe it's not so interesting to you, but it's a really fascinating thought to me. So I want you to think about every day Praying a prayer of thankfulness, of guidance, protection, forgiveness. And one of the best ways to do that is pray the Lord's Prayer. And just fit into those different segments the things that are applicable. And it helps to really guide you through a process with God. Otherwise, just talk to Him. Tell Him your heart. So another really amazing and needful rule if you want to have a truly, really lived-in life, okay? You need to love your family and your friends. And you need to show your love for them through actions as well as words. So your actions need to match your words. And if you are an action-oriented person but don't really like to talk, you need to learn how to use your words, (laughs) right? Because humans really, really function well. And respond well to actions with words and that our actions match our words so this is a really really important rule for having a life that has meaning and depth and effect a positive effect on others and the world around you that helps you to weather storms of life like we're in right now that you love your family your friends and you show them with action and using words so also next the next one here I want you to think about I want you to be in the moment I want you to notice every detail okay now I'm not saying that you get obsessive about it but I don't want you to miss out on some of the most amazing things that are happening right in front of you so be in the moment wake up to the beauty that surrounds us every day sometimes when I go on a walk you know I'll be kind of consumed with my own thoughts And I walked by this one, this uh, and right there on the sidewalk, was this rock that somebody had painted. They left it right on the corner of the, you know, at the sidewalk, and it said "Be Original." It was the cutest thing, and I thought, you know, if I hadn't been paying attention, I would have missed it. Sometimes I've seen just like a flower, a row, just a, a, a petal of a flower, and they are so intricate. And so beautiful. Sometimes I'll see a bug. Man, those, those little machines are amazing, you know? And so you really want to be in awe of the world that God has given you. And really hone into it. And, and really take time to look at the world that you're in. The clouds, the sun, the stars, the moon. And, and I don't mean that you, you know don't enjoy things like music and TV and the cars and that we have. and These types of things are wonderful. But God also gave us so much in our world to just relax and appreciate. So when you think about being in the moment, taking life one day at a time, one problem at a time, one step at a time. One of the most powerful things I can teach clients that, and that God really helped me learn <clears throat> was I always have time. And we as humans have a tendency not to take advantage of time. See, God gave time as a gift. The gift of time lets us work things out, lets us learn, lets us figure things out, gives us a rest. And so when you think about being locked in time, you need to take advantage of the time that you're given. So sometimes I say, you know, if I'm upset with someone, if I, I you know, have a flash of anger, I just say to them, you know, can I, can I just have a couple of minutes? I just need a little time. And that just helps me to reset, get myself together, figure out what's the healthiest way to relate to this person. And if I don't take that time, I might end up regretting my actions or my words. So I really take life one day at a time. Doesn't mean I'm not planning because that's simply being responsible. But I try to not always be in tomorrow or always be in yesterday, so that tomorrow I'm actually dealing with the day that I just had, instead of actually being in the day and finishing the day well. So focus on what you're doing right now, not the future, not the past. The future and the past in many ways are dead. They need to be buried. The future hasn't come to life yet, and the past is dead. And so the future is not available to us. It might as well be dead in some ways. We're just hoping that it comes. So make sure that you're managing the day you're in. And you'll be amazed at how much better your life is and how much more you enjoy it and how much more proud of your life you are. You will have so many less regrets. So we're coming to the end of this section. And I want you to think about one more thing that we're going to, we are going to come back in the next segment and we're going to really talk about. And that is this idea of accept uncertainty. If you can, because you will eliminate worry for the most part. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad you joined me today. And we are really focusing on truly living in whatever our circumstances are. So join me in the next segment, and God bless you. I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And make sure that you check out uh, all, the, all the different podcast servers, because we're on the majority of them, and so you can listen to the shows anytime. You also can go to the website and download a study guide. So if you want to kind of just go through the show, and if you want to do it with a friend, with a spouse, with boyfriend, girlfriend, children, a, a small group, it just kind of gives you some guidance as to what questions would be very helpful to talk about with others. Or just with yourself and God. So we're talking about rules for truly living, especially in, in this time as we are still trying to figure out what's going on and what we are doing from one day to the next, right? And if we're opening the cities, if we're not, if we're wearing masks, if we're and gloves, if we're not, if we're needing to be worried, if we don't need to be worried. So it is quite an uncertain time in many ways. So we left off on this idea of accepting uncertainty. Because humans crave this, this need for certainty. It, it gives us this kind of safe feeling. But the, the issue is because one of the rules that we're working on is focusing on the present and not futurizing so that we actually do the present moment well and don't have to try to redo it or forgive it all the time because we didn't do it well because we were so focused on the future we weren't paying attention to what was in front of us in that day. So we're focusing on what we're doing right now and we're accepting uncertainty. And that, I'm telling you, will help eliminate so much worry. Because you're not trying to, to like be, be a soothsayer or something and, and try to figure out what you need to be afraid of in the future and constructing those things. Because your brain, if you remember in some of the shows we've done, your brain really only cognitively understands the past, the present, and the future. So the emotional side of your brain doesn't know that it hasn't happened, whatever it is that you're thinking about. So if you are stressing and straining and worried and scared, your brain doesn't really know that it's not real. And so it generates all those stress hormones for you. So one of the ways that we can combat worry is to accept the fact that we really don't know what's happening tomorrow. We really don't. We can plan which is good i think we should be as prepared as we can be but for for all we know tomorrow won't even happen so if we accept the fact that we don't really have the certainty that humans would crave we eliminate a lot of worry because we begin to live in acceptance and we realize that well we've made it this far I guess we have figured it out up until today, right? So why wouldn't we figure things out tomorrow if we have figured them out this whole time? And some of it is just giving yourself an opportunity to relax. We don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes, much less the rest of our life. So we don't necessarily accept fear as a state of being, right? We work through our fears. Because if we don't work through our fears... We don't speak them out so that we understand how valid or invalid they are, then they prevent us from truly living. God says, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be anxious for nothing. And this is where God is saying, Listen, I've already been to the end, and I was at the beginning. And I'm going to be with you every minute, every second of every moment you are alive. And you will then be with me in paradise. And that should really help to calm us down. And I I understand there are some things that are just insurmountable. And so the better we are at accepting uncertainty, the better we are at problem-solving the more the more flexible our mind is and the more the stronger our emotional system is to take the buffeting of living in a fallen world so how about this this is a really important rule exercise exercise hard exercise often exercise is one of the best things you could do for your body and for your mind And exercising really helps to do a reset. It gives you time to feel what it feels like to be in your body, to own your body, to care for your body. And I can't tell you how many times I tell clients, listen, you really should be nice to your body. This is really the closest to heaven it ever gets. This body is going to die. It will perish. And then we will have a new body in heaven for the rest of our lives. So this body is temporary. So this is the only life this body gets. And it is hardwired to serve us. So even though you think it might be working against you, it's not. It's designed to work for you. So the better you communicate with it, the better care you take of it, the better it will perform for you. So focus on the solution, not the problem. doesn't mean I don't have to think about the problem. But the more attention I give the problem, many times the bigger the problem becomes or the more complicated it becomes. Instead of saying, okay, here's the problem. How do I want to start solving this? Is this problem even solvable, or does it go in the acceptance column? These are really important practices to put into your daily life. They will help your life really have better, um, it will have more meaning, it will have more purpose, you will have more peace, and you will enjoy it so much better. So think about focusing on the problem. It really is a waste of time and energy to focus on the problem. I want you to focus on the solution. The solution is there, but we have to be willing to chase after it. We have to be willing to find it. We have to be willing to accept whatever that solution is, even if we don't like the solution. So resolving problems removes stress. So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to take action. I don't want you to just sit and think about the problem, ruminate about the problem, complain about the problem, lament about the problem, create a bunch of negative feelings about the problem. Now, if you want want to give yourself a minute, five minutes to have a pity party, be my guest, really. But I want you to move past it. I want you to begin to think about resolving this. And not resolving it perfectly. So one of the most famous sayings that Henry Ford ever said, and I really like this saying, he says, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, either way, you're right. You're right if you think you can. You're right if you think you can't. And so I love that idea of going, wow, you know, God created the world with words. And he says, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. So God wants us to be very cognizant of how we're thinking. So I want you to think about this before we come back to the next segment. And we're going to talk about take the pain, delete the bad habit. Getting rid of a bad habit is always painful. But the consequences of a bad habit are far more painful than just taking on the problem, getting rid of it, overcoming it, and doing whatever you can to delete that bad habit. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in our third segment as we talk more about rules for truly living and making your life as close to what God has wanted it to be from the beginning of time. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So if you're just tuning in, we are in the second half hour of the show. You can always listen to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And you can even download it, send it to your friends, listen at a different time if you would like. You also can go to your favorite podcast server. We are most likely on any, many of these podcast servers. So you just need to type in conversations with Cynthia, all one word, and make sure you spell my name with C-I-N-T-H-I-A. And you can listen to those shows, you can send them to your friends, and you can also go to the website and download the study guides that we have for them. If you want to just make, really take some time and think more about what the concept of any particular show is. So we are talking today about these rules for truly living and because we are still contending with the coronavirus and COVID-19 and what we are, uh, what the, the mayhem and the absolute chaos that is happening in our world. And we really, you know, we cannot figure out what the heck is going on. We don't know if we're getting all the right information. We don't know if anybody knows what the right information is. And we're getting a lot of conflicting information. So I thought this might be a really good time to talk about rules for truly living you can still truly live in the midst of this crisis so we left off in the last segment we said take the pain and delete the bad habit because bad habits even though a bad habit might be a temporary pain reliever it always brings more pain it digs a deeper hole Every human I know thinks they can manage a bad habit, thinks that they can keep it in check. They can just do it sometimes. But there's something about bad habits. It's like a wheel rolling down a hill. It just has gravity. It just doesn't require any effort to make it happen more often and to make it uh, integrated into your life. And then you end up thinking, You know, this kind of was helping in the beginning, and now it's bringing me more problems. Because it picks things up as it's going along in your life, and it makes that initial bad habit collect more bad habits and become more complicated. And then what happens is we have a bad habit that we're so used to doing, it's habitual, and it doesn't even work anymore. So then we go find another bad habit to compensate for the original bad habit. I know you know what I'm talking about because it's really frustrating for all of us. We all do this. This is what humans do. And so God has been wanting to intervene to help us, to support us. And so he's saying, you know what? If there was a pain-free way to get rid of a bad habit, I would have found it. And I'd give it to you. God does not enjoy our pain. He's not a masochist. He's done everything he can to relieve as much pain as possible. Because hell is going to be a lot of pain forever. So any pain that he leads us through or into is going to be for our benefit if we let it. It's the same thing as going to the dentist. Who wants to do that, right? I don't know anybody that enjoys going to the dentist. But we do, because if we don't take care of our teeth, that's even more painful and more costly on so many levels. So take the pain, just delete the bad habit. Do whatever you need to do. Whatever pain it it brings to delete that habit, to get rid of that bad habit, do it. Get some support for it. Surround yourself with people that are helping you to do it. Make a plan before you start. Commit to it. Break it up into a couple of pieces if it's a really big bad habit, right? (laughs) So I want you to be successful when you're taking on those bad habits that maybe fix something in the moment, but create so many more problems in the long run. So we're coming to the end of this segment and we're going to keep going with some of these just concepts and ideas that help us have a life that is truly fulfilling and lets us live fully, completely with and without pain and helps us to really reflect back to God why he truly made us and it brings him such joy when he says his children thrive and I know you know what that feels like when when your children are, are thriving they're figuring things out they're making progress it's, it does so much to parents so this is how God feels when we are continuing to go out there and try and try to live our life in a way that really pleases him and the the ones that we love. So make sure that you just, you say to yourself, this is not about legalism. This is not about perfectionism. This is about learning who I am and what makes me work, what supports me, what's the platform that I wanna be standing on that supports who I am and helps me be the best version of who I am. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I can't believe her to the last segment, so make sure you stay online and join me in the last segment as we talk about rules for truly living. Welcome back. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. And a lot of what we're talking about comes from a book that I wrote, oh, several years ago, called God Wants You Truly Living, Not Walking Dead. And you can certainly buy it on Amazon. You can also email me, and I can uh, make sure that you get a book. And it's also on Audible Books, so if you like listening to books... Well, I read the entire book, so you'll hear my voice uh, speaking the book. So this is, and it was a really amazing book. Actually, I want you to know the truth. It almost killed me just writing the book. I mean, it was, it was something. Because truly living, truly living takes effort. But I I really want you to trust me when I tell you, it makes life so much better. Not, Not living, not doing your life, Not taking life on is so much more painful. And not only that, it makes you weaker, which makes more pain. So we left off on take the pain and delete the bad habit. Man, bad habits are easy to do. And sometimes they're actually fun. And that makes it really tough. And it forces us to be adults and to say, you know what? It doesn't really matter. This thing is going to kill me. This is the wrong thing to do. I don't care how much pleasure it gives me in the moment it's digging a deeper hole in my life and it's going to lead me into more bad habits that's the problem with bad habits is they're like a magnet they 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 bring more to them so think about that and if you are going to break a bad habit i really want to encourage you to get support maybe that's professional support maybe it's just letting one of your friends or your spouse know what you're doing Make sure that you make a plan and that you run it by somebody so you can know how realistic the plan is. And make sure that you really work on forgiveness of yourself, that you're not going to do this perfectly. I just don't want you to quit, okay? So let's think about the next one. Have honor. Live a life of honor. Be an honorable person. Do the right thing, even when no one is watching. You will be amazed at the strength that it gives you and the peace that it leaves you. So, have honor, have integrity. Do what you say and say what you do, right? <clears throat> I'm sorry, mean what you say and say what you mean, or make sure that what you do is what you've been saying. And so, you want to have honor in that way that you do what you say you're going to do. Be truthful, don't lie don't lie it's a very very bad habit it's so easy to do and it's such a a quick way to fix something and it creates so many more problems especially just inter and intra personally nobody nobody feels good about themselves when they're a liar and so don't lie don't mislead people don't withhold the truth withholding the truth is just as bad as lying and don't repeat lies so have empathy try to see things through the other person's eyes it doesn't mean you necessarily agree I do this all day with clients with patients of mine I really am trying to see through their eyes what is going on for them even if I don't agree with it I really want to understand what is going on with this person and so I want to have empathy even if my goodness, they've gotten their life so messed up and have made some horrible decisions. I want to have empathy for them. And one of the ways I have empathy is to not stand back and judge what they've done to their life. But to say, this must be really tough for them. If they're showing up in my office, they're paying money to talk about how they've messed something up. That, that is a person that has courage. So I want you to have empathy for yourself and I want you to have empathy for others. This, this is a hard place down here and I'll, I always remind people nobody gets off the planet alive, okay? So this is really a hard place to be. It's a good place in many ways. So work on empathy, compassion for yourself, for your friends, for the world. And serve, help others. My, small, minor gestures open the door for somebody, let somebody into the lane in front of you, anything, small gestures, pick something up for someone, pay for a meal, whatever it might be. These are kind of like little pain relievers, kind words, kind looks on your face, giving someone a compliment, even if they don't necessarily deserve it, in, at least in your eyes. Being kind to somebody because God is kind. These things are pain relievers in a very painful world. That's one of the ways we serve others. So that goes to then being kind. Even when you're angry, you can express yourself with kindness. If I am angry with someone, I don't have to be mean about it. And I don't have to necessarily apologize for being angry unless I'm inappropriate with my anger. I have the right to be angry. I don't have the right to hurt somebody with my anger. So be kind and don't purposefully hurt other people. It's a strange thing. Hurt people hurt people. I'm sure you've heard that saying. So have a rule with yourself. You know, I don't hurt people. Now, I'm human, so I probably do hurt people. But I can truly say I don't ever intentionally hurt anybody. I really do not. That is, a, that, that is a yucky thing. And so we have to take ownership for that. If I am purposefully hurting somebody because I'm hurt, I need to take ownership of that and recognize that that is not only not going to heal my hurt, but it's going to create more hurt from others, which are going to then turn around and hurt me worse. So it never works. So when, a- when making decisions, ask yourself, is this good for me? Is this actually good for me? Is this decision going to create the outcome that I know I'm desiring? Or is this decision actually better for somebody else? And why am I making this decision to better someone else's life? Maybe that's loving someone maybe that's you avoiding pain and that might not be a good decision so think about when I'm making a decision am I being good to myself am I being true to my own moral code am I going to be proud of this decision am I going to take responsibility for the outcome of this decision so go the extra mile okay in all things now, I'm not telling you to be perfectionist, really. That It never works, besides the fact it's it's absurd. It's ludicrous. I say to people, striving to be perfect when we don't even know what perfect is. We just know that we're not. And apparently God's okay with that. So he's helping us be the best version of us. He's not helping us to be perfect. Jesus has done that for us. God bless him, right? Thank you, God, for Jesus who has absolutely become perfect for us so that we have time to figure it out. So go the extra mile. You will feel so much better about yourself, always. Do a little bit more than what someone asked you to do. Be kind, be considerate, be loving, be flexible. So choose to have a positive attitude and a positive lifestyle. Run from things that are negative. Don't indulge in negativity. It's a false sense of closeness when it comes to intimacy, when people just love to complain. And so I wish complaining worked because if it did, God would teach us how to do it more. It would probably be one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt complain, (laughs) right? But it doesn't work. So complaining is one of those things that I might allow myself to do for maybe a minute or two just to get it out of my system. Kind of eases a little bit of pain to speak it out. But I don't want to have that be a habit. I don't want that to be a hallmark of who I am. Oh, you know, she's one of those people, she complains a lot. Do you want that said about you? That shouldn't be who you are. That's not how God made you. So make sure that when you complain, you kind of contain it some. And you say, you know what, I'm going to complain for a minute. Or I know I'm complaining, and I don't know why I'm needing to complain. So thanks for listening. Thank you for forgiving me. And move on. So this is really important when we, when we think about this, that we are taking time for y- ourselves. take time for yourself every day, no matter how brief it is. You will be amazed what it does for yourself. If that just means, wow, staying in the bathroom longer, Okay, just sitting there or just standing there and just, you know, man, take longer brushing your teeth. Brush your hair longer. Sit and relax, think, pray. Do the same thing in your car. Don't get out of your car immediately. Just sit in the car for a minute. Just take some time. Take some time. Go for a walk. Listen to some music. Look at the sky. Go get a yogurt. Whatever little thing you can do to just take some time every day instead of being so caught up in your mind thinking about the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then and my to-do list and what I haven't done and what I have to do tomorrow and why I didn't accomplish this. My goodness, it's exhausting. So make sure you take some time for yourself every day. If that means reading a three-minute devotional and just thanking God for it, it's awesome. It's awesome. You'd be amazed at what one minute can do for you. So meet conflict head on. Be brave. Be brave. Take it and say to yourself, if this person is having a conflict with me, it's important. And I can resolve it if they will give me a chance. But if I run from the conflict, it will get bigger. And then I will have fear, I will have anxiety, I will have resentment, I will have all kinds of negative feelings if I run from the conflict. So resolving conflict first starts with really, truly being willing to understand where the other person's coming from. Doesn't mean that you agree. You don't have to agree. But I I can really listen to someone's complaint, upset with me, without getting defensive. I can be interested in it and say, you know, please tell me more. I want to know why you're struggling with me. I want to know why or how I offended you. That's important information for me. And I need to be brave enough to hear it. So be patient, long-suffering, forgiving. Here's my, this, is my, this is my favorite one. Please find humor whenever possible and laugh a lot. Laughing is free. You can laugh with anybody. It has no calories. And it does so much for your psyche and so much for your body. It's so restorative if you let yourself have a really good laugh. And don't sacrifice doing the right thing for doing the easy thing. It never works. If it did, God would teach us how to do it. So be disciplined. Persevere. And persevering, this means persisting. This means maintaining purpose in spite of difficulty or obstacles or discouraging. And so when you think about that, the last thing I want you to think about is talk is cheap. Action is everything. So my words have weight if they are backed up with action and intention. Otherwise, they're just words. And they leave people hollow. So I want you to really be aware of your words. And you can also go to the website, and and I have many things, or any of the podcast service, if you look at the one that's about words can change your brain, and how powerful words are. And so just talking about something requires no effort. Action requires effort and is honoring to you, to others, to God. Have a blessed day. Truly live your life. You only get one, and I'm so glad you're living. So take advantage of the time God has given you and enjoy it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week.
0: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.